tēnā koutou. You're listening to a co-education podcast, pushing the boundaries of educational possibilities. Kia ora, tēnā tātou anō, uh, ko Janelle Reki Waka, tēnei nō te whānau o tātai ahorau. Kia ora everyone, thanks for tuning in for another Post You Learn 21 podcast. I have the privilege of having a kōrero today with one of my mete from core, Gemma Stewart. E mihi ana, Gemma? Kia ora, tēnā koutou. Kia ora e hoa. thanks so much for making some space to have a bit of a kōrero. As you know, ULEARN 2021 was so awesome this year and we've just been continuing the conversations about so much of the goodness that was shared in keynotes and sessions and so we thought let's have a kōrero about one of my favourite keynotes which was Dr Rangi Matamua and he's always a crowd favourite and ULEARN 21 was no different and uh, his kōrero was amazing. So I thought I'd have a kōrero with you. I know you were a fangirl of his kōrero as well. So yeah, let's uh, have a listen to some of his kōrero and just a bit of a chat about it. Ka pai, let's do it. Ka pai. I'm going to play some sound clips. So let's listen to the first one. Here we go. Then we came up with three major kind of themes for Matariki that are universal. One is about remembering those that we've lost during the year and celebrating them. Number two, celebrating the present. Number three, planning for the future. It's also built around these wonderful values of sharing, of caring for one another, of food, of coming together, of reconnecting to your homeland. One of the things we're saying is Matariki calls you to go home. So go home and and, and probably one of the things that we're trying to underpin the holiday with is our association to the different parts of the environment. So what we're saying is Waiti, Waita, Ururangi, Waipunarangi, Tipuanuku and Tipuarangi, earth, sky, freshwater, salt water, rain and wind. What is our responsibility back to those parts of our environment and how are we reaffirming our connection to those spaces during Matariki? I don't know about you, Gemma, but I am super, super excited about our first Matariki public holiday. And I love that they are educating all of us at the moment about Matariki. And in particular, I think the themes are really awesome. So for me, listening to that kōrero, I was thinking about acknowledging anyone that's passed during the year, the ability to reconnect to the taiao, and just take a moment to think about my actions, you know, of the past year, but also what I want to do in the future to contribute to kaitiakitanga of our taiao and what my role is in that and how I can be supporting my own whānau in that space to do better, I guess. And then, of course, my favourite, kai. So (laughs) it's like the trifecta of awesomeness for Matariki, and uh, I'm super excited. What are your thoughts, Ehoa? I totally agree with everything that you've said, and along with how exciting it is that we, uh, as a country, are going to, for the first time, celebrate a Māori kaupapa, you know, and, and in the sense that it's, it's been given the mana 
alongside our many other kaupapa, you know, days, public holidays that, that we have. So really excited about that side. A really key thing for me is that Taiao connection. It speaks to me on that personal level, knowing that I can do so much more for our environment. But I think before we start looking at how we can improve our environment, and we're all very aware, I hope, of what is happening globally in that space in the sense of our very real problem of climate change. But before we start looking at what we can do to help that situation, we have to connect with our environment. And and through just so many reasons of our own making and beyond our own control, the more I look at myself and my peers and everybody around us, our connection is being severed on the daily. You know, when you are consumed with, with working and with consumption of material sort of you know, the materialism of our world, it is so easy to not even recognize what's on our doorstep and to take the time to just walk around your community, to grow a garden, to appreciate what we have as Kiwis on our back doorstep, which I know there are people in other parts of the world that are blown away that we are literally at times minutes from a beach and minutes from the mountains, minutes from native bush and how lucky we are, but how we take that for granted. So whatever we get out of this celebration, this public holiday and the recognition of things Māori, I hope that we all further our appreciation of our local local um, environment of our tile and start to look for the signs that it's telling us about when when things are when it's good times to do certain things and also in turn recognize the negative impact that we are having on that environment and how we can start to reverse those negative impacts and, and be a positive impact instead. Mm, tēnā koe, Gemma. Interestingly, just as a side note before we ne- uh, listen to our next voice file, I had a conversation with Rangi and we think that this might be the first Indigenous celebration to be reintroduced to a country that's been colonised. So I'm super proud of that. Of course, there are Indigenous celebrations all around the world, but this has been reintroduced post-colonisation. So once again, Aotearoa leading the way in our bicultural relationships. So that's really cool news for us, I think. Awesome. Kao pai. Let's listen to another sound clip. This is a three-year calendar system, now, completely different to any calendar system, I guess, that you're used to. That's because it's a different paradigm in how we tell time. I usually send these out via my Living by the Stars Facebook account, if you're interested in this. So you'll see that it'll have 13 lines coming out of the sun, which is rising in the yellow in the middle of the, of the poster. Those 13 lines represent each of the different lunar months. The stars, the various stars at the top of those lines are the different stars that mark the various lunar months. The different creatures that you see are plants or birds or trees or insects or activities, uh, what is happening in the environment during those lunar months. The dial actually moves, so it starts on Tetahi or Pipiri and it follows the lunar calendar from Fido or the new moon, which rises with the sun all the way up to the new moon, which is at the top of the dial, all the way back down to the, uh, sorry, all the way up to the full moon, which is at the top of the dial, all the way back to the new moon, 
then it shifts to the next month. And it's just a kind of a simple system with explanation notes. The actual calendar's got a QR code that helps you follow and understand how the system works. It's just another way of telling time and hopefully it's part of this, I know, this longer term approach that I've been thinking about of helping us to understand the different ways of telling time and the meanings of those different timekeeping systems to us. This is so interesting to me talking about Maramataka and in my own journey to understand and learn more about Matariki, the first concept that was honestly, I sort of was like, how did I not know this? Was just this understanding in the simplest sense that the Gregorian calendar that we follow every day, the seven days a week, 24 hours in a day, is based around the sun. And that the Maramataka, which our ancestors here in Aotearoa used as their measurement of time is based on a lunar calendar or on the moon and the movements of the moon and then straight away I was like wow I didn't even know that so that in the first instance was a really great learning for me and then I think in the second instance it was around understanding that you know what we know as a day and what we know as a month is not necessarily the same in maramataka you know so a month is 30 or 28 to 31 days you know but a month in the maramataka can be quite different because it's reliant on the environment so two things that I am excited about the the new knowledge I now have that Maori measured time and they did that by being informed by our tayau I just think that's so awesome that, you know, they allowed the environment to tell us and inform us on what we should do and when we should do it. So that was the first learning I loved. The second one, and I know that you will connect with this, Gemma, because we've both been bilingual teachers in bilingual units, was the understanding that rahina is not actually Monday, <laughs> in a sense. It might be Monday, but it also might not be Monday. And the years that I spent as a bilingual teacher, you know, teaching my kids the song of, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And in fact, Rangi's on a bit of a mission to return us back to the transliterations, you know, Manet, Today, Wednesday, because they're Maori words for the Gregorian calendar days of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whereas Rahina, Ratu, Ra'apa are based on a lunar calendar and Maramataka. So I thought I'd share that as my real key takeaways around Maramataka. So what are your thoughts, Jim? Please tell me you were like me and you taught your kids the, the same days. <laughs> Oh, I don't, I don't only teach my kids. I, since I've been also working with adults, I felt like when I learned this, I needed to somehow send out an email to probably a few thousand people to go, you know how I said we must use Rahinaratu and those are the traditional words. Yeah, it was a really big learning and unlearning for me. But I actually celebrate that as well because I celebrate that we are reclaiming our knowledge and yeah. and that we can do that and and I also have taught when I when I talk with people about today I might be prepared for things to change because we are constantly reclaiming and revitalizing our knowledge and let's celebrate when we have to change because that's that's a step in 
in returning to a language that resembles more of what our ancestors perhaps spoke. But yeah, the whole Maramataka thing for me was mind-blowing, absolutely mind-blowing. <laughs> I was like, of course, why would our ancestors have talked about a seven-day week? Be- like, it was just mind-blowing to me to realize my own conditioning around how we tell time. And yeah. and of course, every culture around the world doesn't tell time the same way. But it was one of those things that I realized how how colonized I was in the sense. And I am certainly so far to go on my journey of understanding. But again, love that how I think of it is our the tayao is our tuakana. And who are we as mere mortals to think that we can dictate the environment? Again, that reconnection thing of just we've got to learn and take our cues from the environment. And we are here for such a short, as an individual, such a short period of time. But our environment has been here before us. And it will hopefully, if we, we take some steps, be here after us. And we are just the tainer to, to the yeah. t- the taiao being our ultimate tuakana and we need to learn from it and learn with it and and make sure it survives. So yeah, this the Maramataka is mind-blowing and honestly one of my key things for us to recognize that cultures do are not iterations of each other. We have our own I guess you might call it mana motuhaki, perhaps, if I'm using that term right, that our own way of doing things, and it may not resemble how another culture does it, and that's okay. But let's learn them for the unique spaces that they are and celebrate both of them. So, you know, we're not saying, oh, we all have to go by the maramataka, but we can understand both ways of telling time and, and learn from both ways. Yeah, I totally agree, Jim. And to quote Rangi, he said one of the greatest colonizers of our people was time. And, you know, it just like you, it was like, how did I not know this? And then once you know, everything makes so much more sense. And I've since now learned even more. And it as it appears to me, at least, many, many indigenous cultures around the world actually did use a lunar calendar. So yeah, amazing, mind-blowing stuff and great learning for us ahead of Matariki and our first public holiday. Let's have a wee listen to another clip. Here are my thoughts. I'm just going to digress a little here. I've got five minutes before I open it up for questions. When I started putting together this presentation, started thinking about this hui, this kaupapa. I started thinking really not so much about learning or learning communities or educators. I started to think about knowledge. I just wanted to leave these thoughts with you before I I exit. I've got to go and mow the lawns hopefully this afternoon at the marae. So I wanted to leave these with you. You know, I'm of the opinion that knowledge needs to be about knowledge and not the institutions i think in our modern approach we often think about knowledge as being built around institutions and that's not how it should be not from a traditional element anyway institutions or whare wānanga or wānanga had their day in the sun so they were opened they taught a group of people then they closed because it was never about the long-term well-being or the long-term economic viability of the institution was always about the knowledge it was knowledge-led not institution-led 
And I think in a modern society, how I view it, and having been involved in various education institutions in my own career, that we are so caught up in the viability and the economic viability or the long-term viability of the institution. That's not a traditional or a Māori approach. And I think in a modern context, it can still work. I want to highlight the Panakiri Tango Te Reo Māori. There was an institution that was put together by three tohunga o experts, Te Mutikaretu, Pau Temara and Farihuya Milroy. Now that institution ran for 15 years. It had taught the people that it wanted to teach and then they shut the institution. It was never about the long-term viability of the institution. It was always about the knowledge and its continuation of the knowledge with the encouragement that people were to go out and to establish their own platforms from which to share their knowledge. And in that way, knowledge is always expert-led. It is led by the experts or the people in the space. It is not institutional led. And um, that is something that has really been constantly playing on my mind with my own interactions with institutions and knowledge. The other thing, um, one of the things I've been thinking about is practice is key. I really hope that we can get to a point where in our knowledge sharing and our learning focused journeys that it's about practice it's about actually doing the practice not just learning about it it's by practice that things live and that's one of the reasons why <clears throat> i try to get people just to go outside and look where the moon is look where the sun is there's a lot to be said about gardening practices and uh, i could go on about this but you know issues like food sovereignty are really big and will continue to be bigger water sovereignty but actually interacting with the environment and gaining knowledge from the environment, I think, are going to become more and more important. And it's something that we've become estranged to. So we're living in a strange relationship with our environment. Practice is key. And I think by practicing, we normalize it. I'm very, very cautious of the fact that we study a culture just to study a culture, not to practice it. If we're studying a culture, we might as well put it in a museum. I've always thought that the study of a culture can be quite a dangerous thing as well because it remains within that study framework and doesn't actually become practiced. And it's by practicing it that it will continue to live. For me, Mātauranga Māori is a web of interconnected skills and knowledge. Nothing exists in isolation. Everything moves with an interconnected motion. It's like this big cosmic web for me. And you'll start to learn about, you know, for myself, I guess people think, oh yeah, he does astronomy, but actually that reaches into gardening and fishing and hunting and mood swings and all sorts of stuff, you know, and, and it's, you can go, just go down the rabbit hole. It's a wonderful space to be in, but when knowledge is interconnected and interdisciplinary, that is such an important way to look at knowledge bases. Finally, I think at times we need to change our lens. I think that we need to have the courage to step outside of what we know as learning communities and educators and actually change our lens to how we look at it as someone that you know has dedicated my life to the study of traditional maori astronomy i also love western science i love the studies of study of physics i love quantum mechanics blows my mind uh, i i love um, string theory all of these kind of scientific practices and understanding that people will think 
a, a, a don't fit in the realm of Maori astronomy, I think, no, that's wrong. The whole idea is to understand that interface that exists between traditional knowledge and our modern understanding of the world. Wow. <laughs> wow. There was just so much in that. And, you know, I want to mihi tūrangi for continuing to push all of us into a really disruptive thinking space because that's what that sound clip was for me. You know, he's challenging some things that are big things, educational institutions, practice, multiple worldviews. These are really big, meaty kaupapa that we, in some ways, have been living with in a norm state for ages. You know, it just is that way. You go to there to learn stuff. So many things ran through my mind. I think I love his kōrero about, um, it's about knowledge and not institutions. And I was straight away thinking about educational institutions and the fact that the knowledge remains and the people swap in and out you know a teacher's there and and then they move on and another one moves in but the knowledge remains so it is actually but but it's contained within that institution and then the knowledge that that teacher takes is, is shared somewhere else I love his comment about it's about practice. You can't just learn about a culture. You need to practice it. And I was thinking about, you know, in the times of our ancestors, our kids would have been educated about catching fish, for example, by catching fish, not by sitting in a room and talking about catching fish (laughs) and reading books about catching fish and hearing stories about catching fish. That might have been part of it. But they actually caught fish and they practiced what they were learning. And the on the job practice learning is so, so important. And then I guess lastly, his kōrero, and it's been controversial this year with Mataranga Māori and modern science. You know, there's been a lot of opinions shared. What I, how I interpreted what he, what he said was, it's okay. It's okay to have multiple world views. And they're all interconnected. And and unlike Rangi, I'm not a fan of quantum physics, but I respect the fact that there are multiple views and perspectives and ways of doing things uh, and that we don't have to discredit one in order to make another one more right. We can just acknowledge there's multiple there's multiple rights and that probably goes against human nature because we, we kind of want one to be right and one to be wrong. But I think hopefully our society's got to a place where we can just acknowledge there's multiple rights and that's okay. Mm. Yeah, agreed. Um, and, and same with you. I think I might have to listen to that sound clip again because there's so much in there. One thing I've always really appreciated about Rangi as well is his willingness and openness to share what he knows. Yeah, it's it's a real taonga that we have that he is willing to do that. So yeah, kanui te mihi ki aia mō tēra āhuatanga. Gosh, where to start? Rangi mentioned about nothing exists in isolation. And I know it's it's probably a little bit uh, skewy, but that's such a lesson for us, particularly in our 
and our regular education spaces around when we're still having these discussions around integrated curriculum and, you know, multidisciplinary learning. And, you know, we've been talking about this for years. We are, as when we're out in the world, we don't just turn on our maths brain or turn on our writing brain or, you know, turn on our inquiry brain. Like we need to use it all at the same time and not isolate and, and box in the different disciplines that we have. So, and again, our environment tells us these things. It tells us that we can't just look at one factor and do one thing. And again, the corridor around having to do to understand. You know, when I work with schools and non-education spaces around things Māori, and they want to know how things are going to operate and how things are going to be and what things are going to look like. And I, and you can't go past living and experiencing these things and being okay with making mistakes to learn because we none of us become expert in anything without trialing, without failing and just embracing the lessons that we learn from those trials and those perceived failures and, and you know, celebrate failure. What a like because it's a lesson. And we've heard it, we hear it amongst our, you know, well-renowned, love them or hate them, business people and the amount of ideas that they've had that haven't come to fruition and, you know, we, we revere them for one or two things that have but you ask them there will be so many things in their in their history that haven't worked and have they seen that as a failure and made and stopped no they've gone on to the next thing you know and around that idea of of knowledge bases uh, it may be controversial but I really want to know what people are scared of for thinking that if somebody else has a different way of viewing the world what are they scared of that they don't allow space for it? If we are comfortable in ourselves, then can we not allow other people to have that same comfort in what their belief system is? You know, mm. and that's knowledge bases, it's religious beliefs, it's it's everything that there like you said, there's more than one right in the world. Mm. And until we how how can we be educators in any sense of that word? without understanding first and foremost that other people may have different norms to our own and accepting that their norms are just as right as our own norms and having an open space to just discuss and learn more. You know, as educators, we should first and foremost be learners and and learn from other people's experiences and other people's backgrounds and... um. So yeah, like what a what another just great example of not only does Rangi in this case have his amazing wealth of knowledge and his particular expertise, but another way that he role models for us is accepting and celebrating other people's diversity. And you know, we go I go back to his three themes of Matariki that he mentioned and one of them being celebrating the now. So just like just looking for the joy in different ways of people's thinking. And we, we see that in our kids and they'll, they'll look at a cloud formation and, 
and have this amazing story around it and that's cool let's celebrate that let's not go well no actually it's this cumulonimbus or whatever the words are for clouds you know but we've we've got so much to learn from our kids in in that space of not being programmed to see the world in one way I took a toe Gemma totally toe took all your corridor and I was sitting there thinking part of I guess the decolonization mindset is not to to resist the urge to go western knowledge versus mataranga maori or indigenous knowledge and just go western knowledge and <laughs> and mataranga maori and it's okay for them to coexist and they actually have so many interconnections so kilda ehua we've got one more and there is a key word that I, I want to talk about today and really stress, and it's knowledge. And if there's one thing I would like you to take away from this, my presentation or what I've got to share, and other than just the nice pictures, one thing I really want you to take away is it is my belief that the next phase of true knowledge sharing and integration across the country is the interface that exists between traditional Māori knowledge and our modern education system. And I think often at times these two spaces are set up to seem like they are adversaries, like they don't merge together, and that is not the case. I really want to stress the fact that that interface between cultural knowledge, Indigenous knowledge, Mātauranga Māori, and even Western science, modern education, and our approaches actually can fit really, really well together. Kapai. We've probably just talked about that, Gemma. But I do, I guess the only other thing I would have to add to that is my huge excitement about uh, Aotearoa New Zealand histories now being integrated into our curriculum and the opportunities, I guess, that affords to kayako and learning communities to consider how they might integrate mataranga maori into their learning programs with with their tawira we have such an exciting time ahead in terms of um, feeding our own knowledge base and learning about our local spaces tangata whenua the narratives of the places around us in order to support the next generation to know more than we did to have more opportunities than we did to know about the history of Aotearoa I'm super excited about that and I think Rangi's closing comments there about the place of Mataranga Māori in schools and for us not to be afraid of that and to understand that it, it very much has a place within our schools and it doesn't have to replace or even contend with western knowledge it can sit nicely alongside yeah i agree it's, it is if we choose it to be it is such an exciting time you know i think back to the the fights that our our ancestors our tūpuna on all sides had to have their their history taught you know like and and i'm i'm talking our pakeha ancestors as well as our our tūpuna maori and now we've arrived at 
2021, moving into 2022, that we get to be at the chalk face of creating this new way of being with our young people. And our young people will be doing the creating, to be fair. <laughs> they'll, be, they'll be telling us how to, how to navigate our, our senior years. So yeah, it's just so exciting. And I'm, I'm so thankful for the fight that, is, that has gone on before me and all the allies and all the activists and all the people that fought knowing that they might not see the, the outcomes, but did it anyway. And so I'm excited. I take the responsibility really seriously that that we have to continue, continue what the hard work that has gone on before us and so excited about the unknown outcomes that we're going to see from it with our young people forging ahead and creating a world where, you know, as, as we've talked about, multiple bodies of knowledge are respected, unknown, are celebrated, and we pick a new path. It's, it's a really exciting time, and yeah, the little parts that we get to play in it are such a privilege. So good times are, co- good times are here and good, t- and, and good times are coming as well. I tēnā koe jema. Amine, amine. Totally agree. And it's really important that you've already acknowledged this, but, you know, he mihi katika ki ataku tarangi mātāmua. You're right. He has knowledge and he is so open with sharing it with all of us. And I think we are the better for it as a society, as a profession, as educators. We're very lucky to have moments of rangi goodness to be able to listen to. So big mihi to you, our brother, for your awesome keynote at ULEARN. I know many, many people will be continuing to rewind and play that one again because there's just so much to learn from him. And to you, Jim, e mihi anehoa. Thank you for your time today to record this podcast. Podcast. It's been really awesome to have a kōrero. I think part of our mātauranga Māori that we might want to lean into more often is wānanga. It's so nice to to just take some time and go, hey, let's have a wānanga and a kōrero about a kōpapa. And so I've really enjoyed having a kōrero with you today and look forward to many more and look forward to many more Awesome corridor from Rangi Matamura as well. So, kia koutou kato e mihiana. You've been listening to a Core Education podcast, pushing the boundaries of educational possibilities. Te nara koutou.